We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, welcome to episode 494, Talk Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Thanks for locking in today. It's Tuesday, October 21st. That means, I gotta, I'm getting, still getting used to saying this, man. Joe Yurden is joining me Tuesdays you, with Joe sure Yurden. First, <laughs> Yeah, October 21st, man. Is it? Yeah, it's just going by quick. While we're taping, let's drop it on Tuesday, October 21st. We're actually technically taping this are on you, Monday the 20th. Or are we, you don't mean to start with? the show by busting your balls, but are you looking at the right month on the calendar? <laughs> <laughs> am I wrong by a... You're, a hundred, really wrong? You're, you're off by like three days. Am I really? It's October 18th. <laughs> I'm still... I don't want... I, I, unless this was like a, a, an extended April Fool's prank to make people go like, the hell day is it? What, what's going on? I am, I'm still on another planet. I'm still on a very big high from uh, from this weekend. Anyway, Jill Yurden, noted hockey Substack, Main Day podcast with Lance Lazowski. Look, I'm going to be honest with you too, by the way, as we, before we get going. And I, look, man, obviously we're going to talk tons of Bills and Sabres because there's right. a lot going on. I've told you this many times, and I say this all the time for people who might be listening for the first time, that Jill Yurden is, and we say it all the time, Jill's a Bills watcher, not a Bills fan. Correct. I am a Bills fan. I, I don't try to deny that. However, when this microphone is on and we're recording, I at least make somewhat of an attempt to be objective and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit unbiased. Some but attempts are made. I almost, if, and if I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to drop the whole video or just clips, but at some point, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I came really close today to wearing a josh allen jersey on this podcast man <laughs> i was like fuck that i'm not even gonna try to hide how happy i am right now i was gonna wear my a bill's hat with my with my josh allen jersey i wasn't even gonna front and try to be this you know objective journalist not not this week man i am in a a really good move before we talk about the game though yeah. i wanted to ask you because well let's talk about actually watching the game i saw i didn't talk to you over the weekend but obviously you know we talk all the time on twitter and stuff and I saw that you tweeted that you went to um, where'd you go? Thin, thin uh, the thin thin man thin brewery. Man brewery. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of good things about that. Tell me about that place. That's where you went for the game. Why'd you go there? Like who was up there? Yeah. And how was that experience for the game? Yeah, I was there for uh, Jeremy White was doing a a watch party there, uh, raising money for uh, uh, the uh, I make sure I get the name right here. The Western New York uh, Perinatal Bereavement Network. Uh, very very close uh charity to his heart um mm-hmm. raising money for that like um 
Uh, he had a raffle, all kinds of insanely good prizes. I wasn't there for the prize. I was there to, I, I mean, I bought a raffle ticket, but like the money's going to charity. So that's, that's fine. I don't need to win anything. If I win something, I'll give it, if it's like a bills thing, I'll just give it, I'll give it to somebody like, Hey, maybe you get something out of this pad. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's uh but it was, a, it was a good, it was a good opportunity to, 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 to go out, support, you know, a you know, fellow guy in the media doing something really cool for, you know, really good and really helpful for charity. Uh, and also like, I'm going to be watching the game anyways. And so, you know, every Sunday, uh, you know, my buddies are like, all right, what, you know, what are we doing? Where are we going to go? Cause road games, we go, we go out somewhere. You, we try to anyways. So I was like, I was like, well, let's do thin man. Let's, let's go there. And, um, uh, you know, I was like, I told him about, you know, Jeremy's thing. And he's like, oh yeah, let's do that. Uh, great place. I love it. This is now, this is the stop on Elmwood. Uh, there is, there is one on Chandler street. That's also very good. Uh, and that, that's, I, I hate saying it because you have a lot of Bills fans that listen. Uh, that place to watch a Bills game is fantastic. The the one on Chandler Street. They, they have Chandler, where's that? Is that downtown or is that, are you talking about Riverside? Uh, it's West Side. Yeah, it's like Riverside, West Side, Riverside. Okay. I know kind what you're talking here. about then. Uh, just like uh, just a little bit west of, um, uh, or sorry, just a little north of Grant Street, or sorry, um, of Amherst. Sorry. Um, okay. I know but, what you're talking yeah, about now. That, but yeah, yeah. It's, um, that I mean, that place is a great spot for that. But uh, but it you know it's the same it's the same place, same people doing doing stuff. So um, it, it was a very very packed place for the game. I mean, every every bar is packed for road games. Let's let's not let's not beat around the bush. But uh, tons of great beers. They make so many so many new beers, and they got they just all kinds of stuff. And you know, lots of uh, standards that they've had since they opened up a few years back. Uh, tons of those things. Lots of different stuff they're doing. Collaborations with other breweries. Uh, and the food's good too. The food is very good there. Oh, so they got food there. Oh yeah. Um, you're going to like this. Well, at least part of this, uh, during the game. And I don't know if this is just the game special or, or what the deal was, but they had wings, obviously gotta have wings. Mm -hmm. How much do you think 10 wings would cost you? Typically. Yeah. I don't, wings, even they're not dropping at buyers. The prices is dropping, you know, with produce and, and things like that, probably 18, between 18 and 20 bucks, probably. That's what you're paying. I, I had wings, and I'll talk about those in a second, too, mm -hmm. for the game. But uh, yeah, 18, 20 bucks, maybe somewhere around that. $10 for 10 wings. What? 20 bucks for 20 wings. Now, again, I don't know if this was just for the game or just for that day or what the deal was. But I saw that price. I was like, well, I can't not get wings now. Like, this is like the old price. This is what we used to pay for wings. Were they so, edible wings or were they like little Caesar wings? <laughs> they, no, they were good. They were they were kind of chunky wings. They were pretty good yeah. meat on them. Uh, mm. I got the Jamaican jerk ones, and they were spicy, which is exactly how I want them. The sauce was so good. I wanted to take. I wanted to get a jar of the sauce to bring home. Mm. Uh, I don't think that they, they don't sell it, but um, but it's like, you know, uh, Jamaican jerk is like that kind of sticky. It's kind of yeah. sweet, but it's spicy. Um, this stuff was so, it's so potent that I've, I've washed my hands like a thousand times since yesterday. Right. <laughs> I can still kind of smell the sauce on the fingertips. And I'm just like, that's incredible. Like, it's incredible. It's kind of annoying right now because it's like, I don't have the wings anymore. So it's, you know, I wish I had them now because I smell it, but, uh, but yeah, they were great. I mean, for 10 bucks, I mean, you might think you're going to get some crappy wings because it's so cheap, but nah, nah, no, no, they were very good. That's really impressive. And yeah, especially food, for I mean, a, a higher yeah. end kind of brewery place like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, you, you figure if you go in, no disrespect, cause Buffalo is full of great dumpy dive oh, yeah. bars. But you figure usually you got to go to a really dumpy dive bar to be able to get those kinds of, uh, 
those deals that that's pretty yeah. incredible man even if yeah. it is just during the game that's a that's a great incentive to want to go to the to watch a game there, I'm, man. I'm saying i'm saying like if that's if that's what they do during every bills game then geez i kind of want to go all the time <laughs> now i mean the beer is already fantastic so that makes it easy that but place it, is pretty popular it, oh, it absolutely is. Uh, more, even more so in summertime because they have like the they have the patio upstairs. And mm-hmm. you sit outside; it's really nice. I mean, it's you get multiple floors in there. Uh, it's on Elmwood, right? Right on Elmwood. Yeah, it's uh, there. It's right between West Utica and Hodge uh, on that stretch of Elmwood, uh, getting closer to downtown Elmwood Village, mm-hmm. and um, it's across the street from what is going to be, I believe, is being made into a new Duff's uh in the neighborhood so oh, I, wow. that's what i heard it was supposed to be it's the old cost of the pizza that was there oh okay uh, they moved downtown but like they're renovating that entire building so it's supposed to be a duff's that's at least what i heard before if it's not then i mean whatever i, I i'm not hurt considering how good the wings were across the street i don't care about duff's now <laughs> right right Plus, there's a really good wing spot right next door to it uh it's like buffalo wing kings uh it's a very like it's it's um it's like a, uh, it's a, it's like a, um, like a locally owned joint. Like all they do is wings, and I've yet to go there to get the wings. I need to try Me them. Either I feel like I got good. a new area that I got to really hit up in in terms of it for no other reason. Forget about hanging out or beers, just purely for wings. I, I feel like yeah. I got a a couple new places to try. You said they have a lot of beers. Well, here's the real question, mm-hmm. Joe: Are any of those beers as good as the the Utica clubs that you and I have? Can <laughs> <laughs> we go to Casey's Black Rock and do a couple podcasts that we've had? Well, well, it's it's tough to compete with on the on draft Utica club. It's a, that's that, that's a that's a fine that's a refined choice for fine, refined drinkers. But uh, but no, I I did have the Falls Elite beer. Had to have that one. That's that's you know that was kind of the whole inspiration for the event. For Jeremy, also the Kolsch versus Cancer beer was still on tap from uh, Nate Geary's event from a few weeks ago, uh, and that one is still still charity sales of that still you know money still goes to the charity for that, so that's great. Um, so yeah, I was having beers, but I was doing it for charity. Pat, see, I was doing it for, out of the goodness of my heart, but also because <laughs> I was watching a game. What was the vibe like there? Like obviously, I mean, it's a rhetorical question to ask if there's yeah. a lot of Bills fans there. Of course, there is. What's it like generally for you? when you're watching a game at a bar with, with a bunch of, of bills fans. Cause I remember being in Florida, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a Detroit lions fan and we all know right. this and I am a, a Buffalo bills fan and I would be in Tampa or the area anyway, watching mm-hmm. games with the Shiloda bucks fans. And I don't know. I, I, well, I hate Tampa. So I was rooting against <laughs> them. I don't, you don't root against the bills, whereas right. I would root against Tampa. So maybe that's a bad comparison. So let's, let's nix that. Just what, 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 what's your vibe like when you're watching a game with a bunch of rabid bills fans who are going nuts over every play, especially in a big game like that? It's, uh, it's, I'm there for the experience really. Cause, cause I know how intense the fans are. Like, I, I know how into, I, I see it everywhere. Like, I hear, you know, I see it online. I see it, see it out in, in public. Sure. You know, it's just watching everybody. Watch everybody in my neighborhood getting their dog walks in before 4.30 was pretty funny because mm-hmm. you just see people just like, come on, puppy, let's go. You got to hurry up. Game's going to start soon. Let's go. But uh, but it's cool. Like it, you get to get a feel for, you know, especially with a tight game like that was yesterday, the the waves of emotion and how everything kind of goes. Sure. It's kind of like, mm, all right. But like, I mean, obviously every big moment it gets, you know, everybody's hooting and hollering and shouting. So it's, you know, it, I mean, it, it's fun. Like, it's cool. I mean, I don't have any, I don't have any vested interest in, in the game, so it doesn't mean much to me, but it's still fun to be there. You get like, a kick just looking around, watching oh, how yeah. everybody's going nuts, living it, and dying. Oh yeah. And plus you do like the, uh, 
you kind of do the Seinfeld thing where like if anybody if anybody's like kind of making themselves stick out and being kind of a doofus, then you're just kind of like you, you start making fun of them to your buddies and just be like, look at this, look at this moron over here. <laughs> like, there was there was like there was a guy there yesterday that tried to start doing every time the Bills got a first down, doing like the in stadium announcement. That's another Buffalo Bills. Oh, first. Yeah, I like started yeah. shouting. It, and I was like, if you do this all day. I think you might have Bills fans fight you. Like, like I won't have to like do it. Uh, other people will, and he. I think he probably beard himself out, so he stopped doing it about you know ten minutes into the game. But the the, yeah. the reason why I withdrew my my comparison when I was living in Florida is in Buffalo. You know, if the game didn't go their way, people would be ready to like put their heads through the window. You know what I mean? And yeah. it would literally affect you that night, all of Monday, and probably well into. The, the entire week, especially because they got a bye week coming up now. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Florida, again, this is just how these fair weather scrubby fans are down there. If Tampa loses, they're over it in five minutes. You know, they're on to the next thing and taking selfies and living their best life and putting up all these Facebook status and all this other bullshit because they're <laughs> the worst fans in the country. But anyway, so, so that's why I said I can't really <laughs> compare Tampa to Buffalo, but yeah. I just think it's interesting anyway to, to be around when you don't have a horse in the race to your point. And you're with a bunch of fans who very yeah. much do. It's just kind of a it's a different perspective to yeah. it to, to watch and sometimes enjoy a game. Oh, I almost yeah. went to Casey's, by the way. Casey's is oh, that, would, well, that that would have been a much different vibe there. I it's imagine. a Chiefs Packer bar. Yeah, yes. like Joe and I have been there for a couple of shows <laughs> and we've had wings and, and Drake. They're a great place. It's Vinny's way. team. It's Vinny's yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did uh me and um so me and my son changed. And what we did for the game is I went to Imperial Pizza for the first half and we got some wings and they're there at a bomb. They, they always are there, of course. But I just had this. Sometimes when you're watching something somewhere, you just get a vibe that things ain't going the way you want it to. And then you kind of want to bail. That's you mean the game or the place? The game. The, okay. the, the place was fine. I, okay. I, I love Imperial. Man. I mean, and sometimes again, you go like you go someplace and you're just and like the game takes a turn. And you're like, I don't know if I want to be here anymore. Like, this right? Is, no, 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 no. <laughs> here, you know, no. I'm the, not the, saying Imperial's that kind of place. No, 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 man. I mean, come on, man. The, the, the wings were elite. Everybody there is awesome. I, I love Imperial Pizza. Wings However, I'm great. sitting there with my son, and we're just. I didn't like the vibe of the game. I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't feeling it. I was just like, I could see us losing this game and part of it was nightmares from a year ago because the 13 seconds when all that happened i was actually at imperial pizza when that happened and you know it just kind of brought back nightmares for me so i'm sitting there with bad vibes back to the event (laughs) you you were tempting you're tempting fate there yeah so literally when kansas city got the ball with what 12 seconds i think it was this time they ended up with that 62 yard field goal me and she looked at each other i was like i do it i'm just i'm not feeling it here i feel like if we stay here at 7.30, this is going to be a Bill's loss. Mm-hmm. So we went home. Actually, we, we stopped the tops real quick during halftime, but we made it home right for the third quarter. So I went home, me, just me and him, and I literally was walking, you know, a hole through the floor, pacing so much, watching the game. But, yeah, I went to the bar for the first half, got some wings, and then I had to come home for the second half because I was just uh, a nervous wreck. Before we talk about the game, quarterbacks, dude, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is as good as it gets. And we hear the comparisons all the time. This is like mm-hmm. watching Brady versus Manning. This is like watching Elway versus Marino back in the day. That's all true. Yeah. But it's almost like as great as those quarterbacks are or were, I should say. And I'm not saying Josh Allen or Mahomes are better at this mm-hmm. point anyway than the guys that I just mentioned. But these games are just they're thrilling to watch because of these things the quarterbacks yeah. do, man. I mean, 
God, when you watch Mahomes play, I understand what it must be like right now anyway to be watching the Buffalo Bills play your team and you think you got Josh down and then he does crazy shit. We saw with Mahomes, I mean, too, it's like he buys time, he moves, he throws the ball and all these weird angles. It's just entertaining to watch these guys play. There's not many things in sports right now better than Josh Allen versus Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And then for the most part, it lived up to it again. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. Completely lived up to the hype. And that that, it's... It's definitely like because they're both. I mean, they're the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, hands down, hands down. No, nobody's nobody's in the same you know universe with them with those two. They're the best. Um, but that's what makes. I mean, great for me having no having no dog in the fight, where I just get to watch these guys be incredible sure. and just duke it out, and it's amazing. I I know it's everybody always wants to compare to quarterbacks from you know from past eras because there's always two guys where it's just kind of like when they face each other, it's man it's mandatory TV. Um, trying to rank them out. One is, you know, one, you know, one rivalry is better than the other. Each era of football from each of those is so different. Sure. It it would have been fascinating if the NFL was as pass heavy uh, in the eighties for Elway and Marino as it is now. Like, I mean, what kind of numbers would those guys have put up? And like Marino was putting, put up stupid numbers when it was still very much a running league. You know, he was still throwing up 4,000, Four thousand yards a year, like it was it's a much more balanced league for sure. Oh, yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Like this, uh, but like I mean, geez, I, 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 I can't even get into involved in like nitpicking stuff like that. It's just, it's too fun to watch them. It's too fun. It really is, man. And did you watch? I know I asked you this before. Ha, have you had a chance yet? And I know, especially lately, how busy you you've been now that hockey season is here, man. But mm-hmm. we talked briefly not too long ago about that Derek Jeter documentary. Mm-hmm. Have you had a chance to watch the entire thing yet? I think I still have one episode left. Okay. Well, um, I think one, I, I caught up through like the end of his career, like okay. the end of playing career. I haven't gotten into like the ownership stuff or any of that. I'm going to get, well, I apologize. Ahead of time. I'm, I'm giving you a little bit of a spoiler here. And <laughs> this is something that's resonating with me right now. And uh, the reason why I ask you this is because at some point at the end of that documentary, he was giving him, you know, a career perspective and all that. And he says, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but what Jeter said was that he regrets as soon as they would win a world series, he was instantly in his mind. Mm-hmm. What's next year. He's yep. already on to next year. You know what I'm saying? He says mm-hmm. he wishes he would have let, success resonate with him more he wishes he would have lived in the moment more during his career he was instantly and it's just the kind of player he was he was driven for greatness and he was always already on to the next big thing the next world series so he never truly got to enjoy winning the world series and he won four of them with the Yankees. he won five of them with the Yankees. my fault and uh five right yeah five four four and five years or something like that and then he won a fifth yeah five yeah yeah he was still on the team in nine right but yeah yep yep Yep. So he was always looking forward to to the next World Series. He didn't enjoy it. And I feel like right now as Bills fans, it's just so easy to start thinking about January and, and the playoffs and Super Bowl mm-hmm. and stressing, you know, what happens if somebody gets hurt. Yeah. Uh, one bad week because this is the football, man. This ain't no series. This is mm-hmm. one game and a couple bad bounces and a couple bad breaks and your season could be over no matter how good you are. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to distress it and spend so much time obsessing and thinking about that. And it's just like right now, just if you're a Bills fan, and I am a Bills fan, 
just enjoy this. Yeah, enjoy how good this team is right now, man. And this was this was not a, a regular game on the schedule. I don't care how much they tried to downplay it. This was a significant game. Not mm-hmm. to get over the hump. They did that last year against Kansas City. Right. And then they lost in the playoffs. So we know from last year that winning today or winning this week, don't mean they're going to beat them in the playoffs. We know that. We saw it last year. But what is different about this year is I really, truly think that winning this year, short of bad injuries to your best players, I don't even want mm-hmm. to say names, Right, you're going to be going through Buffalo to get to the Super Bowl this year, whereas last year was that was not the case. They only won 11 and six last year. It would take an awful lot for the Bills to only go 11 and six, I think, at this point right now. Yeah, the way they're playing right now. My point is, if you're a Bills fan, just enjoy this. Like, they're on a bye this week, don't think about anything else right now except enjoying the moment. You've talked about this a little bit before Mm -hmm. prior weeks, too. Yeah, ain't that right, man? Just like enjoy what you have right now. Yeah, it's it it's it it's it's hard to do when you're a fan, you know. Like it, you, mm-hmm. I, I think about like the Yankee the, the Yankees start this year, where it's like they're clobbering everybody and they raced out, and it was like you're, you're just kind of like, wow, this is amazing. But you don't you don't want to get too high on your own supply, you know. You don't want to get too excited because the season's long, different stuff happens, and obviously, I felt justified in that when they cooled off for about two months straight and you know kind of you know limped their way towards the end of the season, but. Um, but like just enjoying it when when your team is just kicking ass, just like don't it's so hard to turn your brain off from thinking, okay, what what's now you know what how is this gonna play out? It means nothing if they don't win. All that dumb stuff that comes through your mind. It's so hard to shake that when you're so invested in a team that I understand it. Now, if I were a Bills fan, I would enjoy the week off and then think about how much fun it's gonna be watching them beat Aaron Rodgers' ass into the turf. It's gonna be so great. This is the week. Pat, that is the week I am a Bills fan. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you right now, that is the week I'm a Bills fan. I want to see Roger sacked a thousand times. I want to see his stupid head get like rolling around on the turf. Just like cut his head off. Just do medieval shit to him. I don't care. If the, Bills beat, if the Bills beat Green Bay, you're going to wear, you got to wear something Bills on the podcast. I don't own anything. Well, I have, <laughs> you have, I have nothing have, Bills. No, I have one Bills thing. It's it's a uh, it's a mini helmet. I've got uh, one of those Riddell mini helmets. It's, right. it's the uh, it's the '80s. It's the it's the good helmet from the '80s. The red one. It's so going to be on your. I got camera. one of those. It's be a but... camera view after they. <laughs> after <laughs> I'll, they put it, I'll put it on my record player back here, and it'll it'll be in the background. This was the first time. So, being a Buffalo fan, you're just trained for letdowns. And again, I'm kind of venturing away from what I was just saying about enjoying the moment, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. From the time they've been the Super Bowl favorites all the way through the end of this game, I've been like, are they really, is this team really for real? And now I really, truly am convinced that they are. We'll talk about a couple of reasons why. Uh, But you know what? What took you so long? I've been been trying to say this for weeks. Like, If if they were the Carolina Bills, I would have already had this mindset. But because Mm -hmm. it's Buffalo and I'm not, you know, I'm not downgrading or in my hometown here but just bad things find a way to happen you know and and even going into the season being able to handle prosperity and, and being the favorites was probably the number one thing that i was worried about and i and i was all the way up until this game but mm-hmm. now i'm not because they have josh allen he makes the, uh, and vaughn miller and a couple other things too which again we'll at least hit on that but well remember remember pat i awarded the bills the afc east title last week so or you, you did know, to go i already said they wanted they've won the division already it's fine celebrate yeah. every game's every week's a celebration i don't care about the records of the teams of the division now all, <laughs> they all stink i don't care that they're all three and two they all stink 
here's what I want to do. I want to take a real quick break. I want to come back and I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask over the next couple of weeks, my guests, this same question, but I haven't asked anyone else this. Uh, and I'm going to start with you and it's concerning uh, Josh Allen. So I'll be right back in like one minute. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's oddstrader.com dot com slash blue wire odds trader the number one site for all your game day bets we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, I'm back with Joe Yurden, Noted Hockey, Maintenance Day Podcast. So I'm, I like asking you this because I feel like I'm going to get an unemotional, honest answer. Mm-hmm. Is Josh Allen, in your opinion, I'm not asking you if he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. I mean, that is just fucking absurd. I'm okay, not thank you for there. not asking that. I didn't Here's what I am going to ask you, though. Is Josh Allen the most physically gifted quarterback that you've ever seen in this league. And I'm not, again, is he the best right now? Anyway, absolutely not. He's got a lot to do and a long way to go before he can be in that conversation. But I'm talking about the physicality, mm-hmm. the skills, the tool set on a quarterback and different eras. And you talked about this just a short yep. time ago, 
football was different back then. There's no, of course. But when you just, you could compare other guys to their guys during that time. You could talk about now, but just mm -hmm. physically, the gifts and the skills that he has, I'm personally not sure that I've ever seen someone physically better at him at football. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? What's your honest assessment? Uh, when I think of them now, I mean, obviously think Mahomes. So that's put a pass on that one. Like that's they're in this, they're in the same company. So that I skip over that going back in time. He makes me think a lot of Michael Vick and that's strictly on field. That's none of the off field. I know what you're saying. Crap. You know, like just that dude was a bad dude off the field. Okay. Like he was bad guy. Uh, but football wise, that guy changed the game big time. I, I mean, mm -hmm. All the running, the running, he could throw it 70 yards in the air. Like he yep. could do all that stuff. He was, he was a freak. Like he was a video game player in real life. The other guy that was like that, that make that makes me think of Allen is Randall Cunningham. Cause Cunningham yeah. at his peak, holy Jesus, that, that nobody had the tool set he did back then. And the stuff he did drove teams, not like he'd start running and you're like, well, quarterbacks don't run. All the quarterbacks are basically icebergs that can throw, not him. He could still throw it deep. He could, but then he could run too. Even after he was injured, when he when he played for Minnesota, he was still like he, he I don't know maybe he just, his arm got strong or something, but he was able to really throw the ball deep and you know accurate. I mean, it helps to have Chris Carter be one of your wideouts. Like that's a, that's a big deal too. But um, but those are the guys that I think of most um, because they because I, I think if I think if you could take those guys and put them in this era now, they would be right in the same conversation with with Allen, with Mahomes, because they're that good. I'm going to, let me say this. I think the Michael Vick comparison specifically is a great one. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad you didn't say Cam Newton, because I know that's no. the one that everybody compares no. him to. Look, no. Cam Newton had a lot of skills, the size, he can run, do a lot of things. But one thing Cam Newton never did is throw a football like Josh no. Allen, and not even on the same nope. planet. Michael Vick is a completely different type of player. Smaller, mm -hmm. we're not talking height. But mm -hmm. you're talking about the ability to throw the football and the ability to, to run with the football. Mm -hmm. He changed the game, to your point. Like, Michael Vick transformed or he transcended the quarterback position the way um, a lot of guys play it. Mm -hmm. I think Josh Allen is at that level right now. And again, except for Mahomes physically, I don't think there's anyone in this league yeah. that can touch it. Josh has... Again, he he could he doesn't have Michael Vick speed or anything but like that. It's but he was for Allen because he's six five. Like that's the right. big thing. Like Vick was a wiry, strong guy. Like Vick was very strong. I mean, I we talked to him when he backed up in Pittsburgh, like even for some preseason game uh, in Buffalo, and like I was signed to do the Steelers room, and Vick's there, and I'm kind of like, oh, this is weird. I don't want to talk to this guy, but like talking to him about football, like dude, dude know, knows the game, and like he was yeah. smart about it. It was cool, but like, like Allen, I mean. I'm six foot two, six foot three. So a guy like I've seen Allen at Sabres games, you know, every now and again, like he comes down and says hi in the room, whatever. And like, I see him and I'm like, Holy Jesus, this guy plays quarterback. <laughs> okay. Like, that's crazy. It is Joe. I remember when he first came in the league, the, the other comparison, you always would hear Cam Newton. And there's some validity to that. I mean, Cam did win an MVP one season. Right. And, he, and again, he could run the football. Great. Josh is kind of similar in that way. I don't think the passing is, is much of a comparison at all. But I remember that, and the other comparison was always Big Ben. You know, Josh is a big body that could that could um, extend plays. We had no idea what we were getting with his legs 
when he got into the league. Pat, that you, Pat, you and I are more mobile than Ben Roethlisberger ever was. Okay? Well, but that's a comparison. <laughs> he was a yeah, but Josh Allen wasn't running. He wasn't hurling people in college. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't. My question is, why did the coach have him doing that? I don't like, know. We had, we had these skills. Like, I mean, do you know, that's what I get. Like going back to like the scout, like the scouting reports before the draft. Literally, nobody talked about his running. Nobody talked that like he, he's a guy that could you know could be elusive, could run the ball. Nobody talked about that. It was there was always the arm. He's got the big arm. Accuracy was a question, but like the the tools are there. Like tool, if you mold him right, he can be very good. Very few quarterbacks Money I think have ever one of the things like that's no 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 no. I think very few quarterbacks have ever came into this league and have ascended the trajectory the way he has. It's just mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Like I said, they're running. And by the way, when he hurdled um Justin Reed. If you yep. watch the replay, he also shook Snead out of his jock strap before mm-hmm. that, which is the guy he hurdled last year in Kansas City. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm just talking about his ability to, to make plays with his feet. His arm strength is as good as Eddie. Mm-hmm. He's getting a lot more accurate. His decision-making, his processing, too, is just night and day different than what it was back in, say, 2019, man. He'll mm-hmm. take he'll take what, what you give him, mm-hmm. and then he'll see a matchup he likes. That touchdown pass to Gabe Davis in the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Joe, you couldn't take that football, run down the sideline, and put it in Gabe Davis's hands nope. any more accurate than perfect. that throw. I mean, it, it was literally a perfect throw. I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm just perpetually blown away right now by, by watching this guy play. And I, I get what other fans are feeling only because they played the Chiefs this week. And there were a couple times I'm like, at Oliver, I thought he might have had like three. I'm like, how did you not get Mahomes on the ground? He extends his play, throws a sideway arm, touchdown passes. It's just uh sidesteps, you know, sneaks out, still fires the ball. I, it's yes. they, they both do the same kinds of stuff differently, but it's 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 so similar. It's so similar, it's wild. It really is. We're six weeks in the NFL season right now, and Jalen Hurts absolutely deserves merit and consideration and discussion, but if you had 32 voters right now for NFL MVP, I think it would be insane if Josh Allen didn't get all 32 votes. I mean, I just, yeah. I don't even think it's something you could debate right now, but yeah, here's I, the thing. Go ahead. The fact that it's hurts. That is the, is like the guy that's kind of in the conversation is, is funny because I, I mean, I, I, people knew he was going to be a pretty good quarterback. I, the big splash arrival that he's done this year. I don't, I don't think anybody was anticipating that. Right. So that's I the agree. difference. Like, you know, Allen has the ad his big breakout year, but he's like, he's got to be MVP. And it's like, well, Holmes over there too. But like, it's the same thing now, except Hertz was like, well, he could be MVP. Well, he could, but you know, Allen's right there. Like that conversation changes with the, with that. You want to know why this team I think is so special is we have, we've been going now for about a half hour on this show. And I mean, we spent some time talking about bars and wings and stuff like that. That's always fun at the top, but we've been talking about this game and, and players a lot. What if we haven't even mentioned the bills defense? Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why they won this football game straight up. When you're going to play the Chiefs, you're not going to stop. You're not going to completely stop them. Mm -hmm. You're not going to shut them down completely. But you look at this defense, they had, they forced two punts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kyrie Lum had an interception in the end zone um, in the first half, which was actually a a shocking mistake by Mahomes. Right. Uh, Right. And then double coverage, but like his dude almost came down with it. Right. That's. You know, Elam pulls the ball away. That's the that's the play. But man, that's that's awfully close to being a ridiculous touchdown. Too. Sure, absolutely. I mean, great play by Elam. Absolutely. Yeah, they, so play. they forced that turnover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end of the game, obviously the the, the game clinching interception by uh, Teron Johnson. Man, it's just this defense played well enough to win. You hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And every now and then we all have bad takes. Probably me more than most because I'm always 
putting out fucking takes. So when you throw <laughs> many of out as I do, I'm bound to look like an idiot. I blasted Leslie Frazier in the second half at one point. I was getting so frustrated because I'm like, how can you not sack Patrick Mahomes? And I'm like, well, because he's Patrick Mahomes and he does the same thing that Josh Allen does. Yeah, you couldn't step outside yourself to be like, oh, right, that this is the same guy. <laughs> I was pleading on Twitter, all caps even, yelling like an idiot, to start blitzing and do what you got to get more pressure on Mahomes. Just bring the house. And if he beat you, he beat you. That was a dumb tweet and a dumb take, and I was wrong because – <laughs> Leslie Frazier did an absolute phenomenal job of mixing up coverages. It was a lot of like Kansas City had to go down and earn pretty much everything they had. Sands one play where two guys both miss a tackle and it turned into that long yeah. Schuster touchdown. That aside, like Kelsey got his numbers, but again, they had to go up and down the field methodically and earn it. They were very patient defense. They were mixing things up. But then the adjustment that I noticed, and obviously after the game, everyone did, is instead of rushing four, they got to a point where they rushed three. And Milano would be on the line mm -hmm. and he would sometimes rush, but more often than not, he would stay and he would literally spy on Mahomes. And on that final mm -hmm. play, Vaughn Miller, who's on the left side, bull rushes inside on purpose mm -hmm. with the design of having Mahomes come out to the right. He yep. does, and Milano's on him, so he doesn't get to run around and make things happen. Because Milano ain't a lot of these defensive linemen, Mahomes makes it look silly and they're gonna yeah. miss the tackle. Matt Milano ain't gonna miss that tackle. So anyway, Milano's right there and he's going to start barreling in and then he gets rid of the ball a little maybe earlier than he wanted to or didn't get, you know, quite maybe 100% velocity on it. And then that leads to the Johnson interception. But anyway, Leslie Frazier did a phenomenal job of, of mm -hmm. making adjustments and the Bills all season long. I mean, um, Sunday was the first time they allowed any points in the third quarter of the entire season. Mm -hmm. So Leslie Frazier, phenomenal job. He should have gotten the game ball. And I heard some ESPN talk on Monday morning. Enjoy it now, Bills fans, just like with Brian Dable last year, yeah. because I think this is the offseason where mm -hmm. Leslie Frazier becomes a head coach. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. You, while you were talking up how well Frazier coached, I was like, he's gone. He's going to yeah. be gone after this. Somebody's going to somebody's gonna pick him up. It's with all the injuries they've had on defense and, you know, the, the kind of weird personnel, like they've got so many D, D linemen. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you had Edmonds, who was kind of sketchy going into this season. He's been pretty good this year. Right. Uh, you know, Milano's become a great linebacker for them. Uh, but like you're down both your starting corners. You're down both your all pro safeties at one. Yeah, like a high, you, yeah. You get, you know, you get Poyer back. That's a lot of stuff that would nuke a lot of teams a ability to cover and defend anything. Instead, they've just been just as good. And it, it's McDermott too, because he's a he's a D back uh you know, uh, master, like he's, sure. he just knows how to coach those guys up, but it's Frazier putting it all together. And, you know, there's going to be like five guys fired after the season. And one of those, one of those jobs is going to, is going to take Leslie Frazier on with, without a doubt. It's just a question of where, and it's deserved. It's a hundred percent deserved. It is, except for the last 13 seconds of halves against the Kansas well, City game where they just go well, into this gel and it's, uh, and it's, a lot of it's infuriating. There, but yeah. you, you know, a lot of times when you get, not just football, any sport, I mean, you cover hockey primarily, and you know, you go out and you get a, you trade or you sign a, a big free agent, and then the guy just never quite works out. It ends up being a lot more hype than, than substance at the end of the day. That ain't Vaughn Miller. I was a little concerned about that. I said my take on Vaughn Miller was, I thought his numbers would be really pedestrian during the season. And maybe at some point we would wonder, you know, what he still had left in the tank. But then when the pressure is on and the games mean the most, that's always when Von Miller has ramped up and played his best, which mm -hmm. hopefully is still true. But meanwhile, 
Your boy's got six sacks in six games, and he's tied for second in the NFL league. He's just a half sack behind the, the NFL league. I mean, this guy has literally been every bit as good as advertised right now, and he's made a yeah. huge difference. Yeah, I thought I, I was a little bit different with you. I thought he was going to be great this year, and then who knows what happens, you know, the next couple of years. Cause you know, you get older stuff happens. Yeah. It's, it's just how it goes. Um, but I never, I, I wasn't, I didn't think he would have this kind of success just because what, you know, Hughes was an edge rusher, you know, Jerry Hughes was an edge rusher and he had, he was pretty good last year too. Like, I, I mean, it gets lost in the mix of how things went last year, but yeah. he was pretty good last year, but good all round player, Miller's, but he played well. Right. But Von Miller's better than Jerry Hughes, like by leaps and bounds. So you put him at that spot where Hughes had a lot of success already, and you're putting it a better player there. Yeah. Yeah. You get what you see right now. Like that's exactly, this is exactly what you get. It's just, you're putting a better player at a position that was already pretty strong. Um, but, but yeah, Miller, I mean, geez, he comes as advertised. Like it's, it's perfect. He's a big personality. Everybody loves him. Um, you know, I, I, for one second have not bought any of the Odell Beckham crap. I, I don't buy into that at all. They don't need him. They do not need him. Like, I don't agree. Need him. They, like, I know everybody's going to talk McCaffrey soon. They don't need, they don't need McCaffrey. I know the it's running that, game it, thing is, is a mess, but like, that's no unnecessary. Well, I completely agree with, uh, it's not even that I don't think they, they could use yeah, yeah, McCaffrey. Okay, but the, cool, Brandon but, Bean is not going to give up any kind of valuable draft capital no. to go trade for McCaffrey or Barkley. This team's got a lot of priority free agents and big contracts already in place or that are coming up, and they're going to rely heavily on the draft to stockpile this roster with younger, cheaper mm -hmm. labor. He ain't going to give that up for, no. for, for rental players. OBJ, I would say the only way I can see that happening is if something significant happens over the next three weeks before the trade deadline, say if it was Stephon Diggs or Gabe Davis, one of those two guys go down significantly like Hollywood right. Brown. It looks like his season's over in Arizona. And then, and then he immediately traded for Robbie Anderson, which I still think that's dumb, but anyway, you know, I, that's where I could see potentially Beckham coming here. But otherwise I agree. I agree with you that they don't need him. I like Shakir. I'll tell you, there's not a lot to, to nitpick when, when, when you go on the road and you beat the Kansas City Chiefs, you're kind of being. You did it right. You did it right, and you're and you're, and you're being really nitpicky, or maybe even a borderline dickhead if you're going to sit there and, and try to nitpick little tiny things. I will say though, I am a little bit concerned, and this is a growing concern of mine that Isaiah McKenzie in the slot. I, I'm, I have my concerns about. It. He's a splash guy. He's a gadget guy. He can run jet sweeps. He'll make some nice plays. He's a speed guy. He can hurt a defense in the right game plan against the right team. I I know that, and we've seen that, but. He's also a really inconsistent dude who's prone to making mistakes, man. I mean, that fumble on the first drive was infuriating. He should have, first of all, he didn't know what was going on. Second, he should have fell on the ball instead of trying to pick it up. Then he also, and then he also, with that play. Yeah. That <laughs> caused the bills. Call. It's that the, call. it was a horror. I, I can't believe that's the play call. Oh, like, dude, you're was... talking about like, uh, you're, you're having Allen basically run an option play because that's what that is. It's, it's, right. it's, it was. That's an what it was. Play. Like, you know, he fakes the handoff. It's it's a triple option. That play like, it's, it's stupid. It was so stupid. And like, <laughs> and like he does this. I mean, mm -hmm. like, argue about backwards. Pat it is a fucking fumble. OK, like it's just it's it put out fumble. there. But McKenzie like is whoa, whoa this is for me. OK, yeah, like, he stutter you stepped know, with his feet. He didn't know that he felt it looked like he didn't know that the ball was coming. Right. And dumb play, dumb play bad pitch, bad hands, bad result. Like all that was just it was 
nuke that play from orbit from the playbook. Never Funny used. side story. I went into that game telling myself, no matter what, I'm going to keep myself nice and calm. I'm not going to get worked up. I'm going to keep an even keel. Started <laughs> fucking swearing literally by the end of the Bills' first drive. I mean, I was swearing. I don't that wasn't you. the only one. Oh, the bar full of I'm the in game immediately. Like that's... I'm in a you were at you were at a nice higher end brewery place, a kind of a class it up kind of place. I was literally at a South Buffalo bar, so you can imagine the, the oh boy the vocabulary going on when that play mm-hmm. happened. But yeah. anyway, so you had that, and then you also he also literally tripped over his feet on fourth down in the end zone where he should have yeah. caught a touchdown. Josh put it right there, and the guy tripped over his own feet. You go back to the Miami game, you can make an argument that maybe he couldn't have gotten out of bounds. That was his argument. So I'm not going to blame him too much for that. But my point is, he's just, he's an incon, he's a good player, a flash player who can help you certain times, but he's also inconsistent. I would like to see more of this Khalil Shakir. I like this kid yep. a lot. You know, he started a very uneventful start to the season, but these last couple of weeks, we've seen him more now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm starting to feel comfortable. And I think maybe with the bye coming up, Joe, I wouldn't be surprised if starting with that Green Bay game, you start seeing a lot more of Shakir out there cutting into uh, McKenzie's snaps. And again, I'm really digging to find something to be negative about, but yeah. that's what I've come up with. That that Green Bay game is a great opportunity to do that because their defense stinks. I, I mean, it's they just gave too. up 27, what, 24, 27 to the Jets? Yeah, I think the Jets are better than than a lot of people think, though. But yeah, yeah I but, agree. Right. But it what it was uh it was in Green Bay too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Coming off the to the Packers too. Giving up 27 at home to the Jets. Your D stinks. Like I, there's zero excuse for that. They look so, like it's they're, they're going to come in here. They're going to come into Buffalo. I would treat it like the Steelers game. You got anybody who's like got a nagging thing? Just sit it out. No. <laughs> what a problem! It's going to be Sunday night football in front of the the whole country. And again, this Bills defense, Joe. There's a very good chance, and we'll see how it plays out. But this is a defense that ain't even got Trey White on the lineup yet, and that probably is going to change against the Packers. So, yeah. I mean, if you're looking good. for even more good stuff. Good. I hope he picks Rogers five times. <laughs> this is a, that's, there's a well, Detroit Lions. That, that sounds like a Detroit Lions fan. Every pass he gets off. Good. That sounds Perfect. like a Detroit Lions fan right there. One last. Uh, Put him into retirement, two. please. And by the way, another another quick thing here that made me happy about this Bills game. Another thing I've been screaming about all year, literally. Third and one once. It was third and inches once, and it was fourth and inches once. Both mm-hmm. times, Josh Allen, quarterback sneak first down. Right. Where what, where's that what, been what all year? Say, what, what, what did I start screaming about last week about the, yeah. the stupid you know hard count garbage? Just do that. Do that. Just fall do down. that. Hike the ball. Devin, fall down. He's Devin Singletary's ran well against the Chiefs. Yeah. I thought he ran very well, especially in the first half when the offense wasn't really clicking in the passing yeah. game. So I think Singletary had a very good game, but he still wiggles too much, man. There was two plays mm-hmm. I count in the second half that if he would have went forward, he would have got first downs, and ended up being third and one. In fact, one of the times was when the Bills ended up punting because he could have gotten the first, and yeah. he did it. Um, one last thing too with the Bills, and I want to talk Sabres for a few here. Stefan Diggs is so good that it's almost easy to take him for granted how good he is. You know, we talk about Josh and we talk about Vaughn Miller, and we find other talking points every week. The one consistent here is my phone's going off. The one consistent here is that uh is that your Stephon, hot take alarm? Is that my <laughs> that's my that's my hot take alarm? Yeah, it's the Joe Yurden fire alarm right now. Um He's so good, and he puts up these numbers every week. He's such a good route runner. He, he's such a gamer. He's got just the right mindset, and you could just tell the relationship between him and Josh. I think maybe it was Romo or Nance who said something about they can finish their own sentences at this point, mm-hmm. those two guys. Yeah. The chemistry between those two is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and I talked to Aaron Quinn on the podcast, I think Stefan Diggs is the best receiver to ever play for the Buffalo Bills. I think he's better than Andre. I know Andre Reid's a Hall of Famer because of durability and longevity. 
But mm-hmm. talent-wise, man, I, I, I've never seen anyone in Buffalo who's better than Stephon Diggs. This guy's just unbelievable. That's a that's a top five rank I want to see you do. Top five, top ten rank. I want to see how that turns out. I'll do it right now. <laughs> Stephon Diggs is number one. There, there I, it is. Andre Reese number two. Eric Bowles number three. There it is. I don't know after that. I'd have to think. James Lofton four, maybe. He's up know. there. He's uh, definitely uh, up there. It's just, just Joe, yeah. this guy, seriously, though, he's, he's, no, so he's great. great. Man. He's, he's such it's, a great player. The, uh, the, the chemistry he's got with Allen is very reminiscent of Manning and Harrison. It's very reminiscent of that. Yeah. Like just like yeah. those guys knew where the other one was be always. And they it, like that was that was always Manning's fail safe. That hasn't always been the case with Allen, like the last couple of years. I mean, I mean, Jesus, last year I was screaming about how they didn't target digs anywhere near enough. And they were like he Allen checked down a little too quickly sometimes. I thought, I mean, hard to criticize a guy who had a great year the way sure. he did, but you know, when it's, you know, you're, you're dumping it off, he's dumping it off to Beasley or, you know, swinging it out to Knox on a, you know, a quick player, just, you know, float it out to a running back or the fullback or whatever, you know, and, and Diggs is just kind of like kind of running free a lot of those times. And, and, you know, whether it's pressure or whatever, it's just, Allen wasn't catching them. And it was just like, geez, he's one, he's the best receiver out in the field. We throw him the ball, like just yeah. get the ball near him. Like, I don't want to go Keyshawn with it, but like throw him the damn ball. He's- and they're doing that this year. Like they're, it, it, I mean, Again, not going to pat myself on the back here, but like you throw the best receiver, you know, the ball all the time, you're going to win a lot of games. Like, well, yeah, no shit. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes don't get cute. Don't know, don't right. overthink things. Sometimes get the yeah. best player in the football. And that's probably the one that Kaylee's healed the Bills so far through six weeks is that they do tend to get a little bit cute. They mm-hmm. they shoot themselves in the foot. We saw it on the very first drive. Uh, stupid, of stupid this game. plays to like throw teams off. Like, no, yeah. man, just power, just power, just run, yeah, a, the, run a basic playbook and run everybody over. Yeah. Stefan Diggs right now through six weeks is currently third in the NFL in receptions. He's second in yards and he's second in touchdowns. And Josh Allen's leading the NFL in passing yards. So, yeah, man, that combination is just uh, it's lethal. And the Bills schedule, we've talked about this a lot going into the season. And now we're at that point. We said the first seven games was a big, big test. They're well, they're five and one. By the way, the Bills have never won more than 13 games in a regular season. And I think they have a legitimate chance right yes. now to uh, to get to 14. So they, that, that means they could lose two more games. I'm not going to write – I'm not ready to write Green Bay off entirely like clearly you are because you're a Lions fan right now. But they should, <laughs> they should win that game. And then you look after that. The Vikings, uh, I don't even have to schedule. That, that's a me. fake five and one team if I've ever seen it. I they're think the they're pretty good, five but five yes, I, they're, they don't concern me. The Jets are improved, but um, they they play the Jets twice. They play Miami and Buffalo. I think there's a good chance the Bills could go 14 and three through uh, the second half. You know they're going to have that one stinker. It's coming. Maybe at the end of the year they they might even week 18 they might not even yeah. have to play their starters. So yeah. uh, we'll see. But fun I just times. it I I look at you know I'm looking I'm looking over the schedule again here and I'm like. They're gonna kill Green Bay. The, the Jets games are interesting because we get to find out like what the hell they're actually about. Because I don't believe any of it. Um, the Browns is Watson gonna be back by that game? Mm-mm. No, or is he done for the year? No, he- he's back when they play Houston in Week 13. Oh, that's oh because it's on national TV, of course. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna put up 90 points in the Lions on Thanksgiving because that's because <laughs> that's how good their defense is. The New England game is, I guess, that's interesting. I, I, I vaguely I, they don't have the horse. They, they, they might keep it interesting, but I don't. I don't see New England having the horses. And I know last year, last year was an anomaly. If it's not going to be fifty mile an hour winds, 
they struggle with some guy named zappy then like uh he's fun though i like it it's a good uh, story anyway i don't know him. He put 29 like up cooper rush was a great story for a couple weeks and we yeah. saw that I, but, like, but i mean this schedule is cake man it, i mean we said this before the season that the second half schedule was going to be pretty pretty easy to handle it's very division heavy obviously um the, the, I mean, a Bengals game might be interesting. Bengals going to be a tough game. And by the way, I'm glad you mentioned that. We we did a whole episode about I think the Bengals are underrated, and mm-hmm. they started out shitty. But this whole Bills-Chiefs on a collision course, like it's like a foregone conclusion they're going to play mm-hmm. for the championship. That's running off the Cincinnati Bengals far too early, man. I think this is a – the Bengals are a, a deep team. They got a lot of talent. I could see them beating Kansas City in the playoffs I, for sure. I, the thing I want to know about the Bengals is why haven't they fired their offensive line coach into the sun? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they signed a bunch of guys in the offseason to make the line better, and the line is no better at all. No. Burrow's still running for his life. He's still like, he's just, I, it's inexplicable. I, I mean, when this, Jesus, I'm, I hate giving the Lions credit for anything, but like when Matt Stafford was getting his ass handed to him, they fired Joe Lombardi like instantaneous. They like, no, like he's going to die if we allow this to keep happening. And what happened? Like the next week he was gone. It didn't even take like, like multiple weeks for it to get better. They their line was a thousand times better the second that guy was out of there. So like whoever their O line coaches, get them the hell out of there. Get somebody else in there that knows how to coach these guys up because <laughs> Burrow's gonna die out there, man. Like he's still, he's getting chased around. He's taking hits the way he did last year. At least you know last I year he good because the line stunk and they, you know whatever. But like. They got they added better guys. How is it still bad? If they find a way to show up that line, even remotely, they're mm-hmm. they're going to be a team to still uh, be dealt with. My one prediction, by the way, my one bold prediction for the second half of the Bills' schedule is if he's even in, if he's even healthy by the time they play him, Justin Fields is not going to make it through the Bills' game. With that offensive line in Chicago, the Bills might physically decimate. <laughs> Justin might not Fields. even make it to that game. Yeah, if he it's, even makes you know, it to that, like, to that game. I feel bad for him. I, I mean, haha, Bears. Like that's great. I love to see that. But like, I feel bad for him. He's, he's he, you know he's what? Supposed to be really good. He and he's was, just getting, but he's, he's not. For his life every week. He's not. And again, listen, going to Chicago is obviously not going to be a good fit. The offense like six. But I remember when I watched that Thursday night game. He had a tight end wide open, and he overthrew him by two yards in the end. Yeah. Uh, not I even mean, was no pressure on him either. Some guys just have it, and some don't. And I'm not that's, a. That's, a, that, that's like that's just from getting chased ever all over everywhere because in your head you're thinking like i'm yeah I'm that's true like, like oh shit i'm about to get on my neck i'm gonna get i'm gonna get creamed and here. then when you don't you're like oh i don't know what to do here man there's nobody <laughs> barreling down on me oh yeah, right. shitty, exactly shitty dope. but anyway yeah bill season so far obviously a lot of fun saber season has now begun uh what's the vibe been like in the building for the first two games joe's covering the sabers i know he's in the press box for uh mm-hmm. all the home games this year so you were actually there you're in the press box you're yeah. getting a good view of everything what's like What's the vibe been in the you know over the first couple of games? It's been pretty strong. I mean, they're not selling out games. I, I get it. It's a slow buyback. I will not fault anybody for not jumping right back on board. I get it. It's fine. Sure. Um, but the the fans that have that have been there have been loud. They've been very into it, especially the Florida game. Jesus, Ma- if Matthew Kachuk was an NFL player, people would be chasing him from city to city to to run him out of town. Like they would just, like he's it. it yeah. I love him. I love them. I love the way, like, guys that do that, I don't know. It's just no to jerk in me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like, guys that play that kind of game where they just, they their existence on the ice makes the other team just so mad. Right. And then he does those little things that it's it's justified. And then he does even more things that makes people even more mad after that. Like, it's, it, he's, a, he's an incredible troll. Like, if... <laughs> 
he's if he would be he would be the guy saying something to to you know a, a fan of a team and just being like yeah well i wish you weren't such a baby about it he, what, what, what what do you mean he basically did that after the game after the, the game the sabers lose four to three to, to florida and he started so much stuff you know a couple of questionably late hits a couple of you know a couple of things where you're just kind of like that's pretty dirty but it's not crossing the line you know it's just kind of shitty stuff and he after the game he goes he goes well you know those guys over there they're doing a lot of dirty stuff and we'll remember that i'm like what <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean they were doing that you did the dirty stuff they that's they funny. retaliated the way they're supposed to so i i hate that they don't play each other again until january that sucks um but like that kind of game it had a it had a like a late season postseason type vibe to it because both and there's scrums constantly both teams are chirping each other again yeah very chirpy very nasty like bordering on getting ugly kind of thing i mean thinking ugly after the horn there was a big scuffle on the ice uh big coming together i should say once the game ended and i liked it referees had to stand between both benches and be like get in your rooms just you know being like the uh, being like the parents, just be like, go to your rooms, get out of here. I saw a video. Darlene was calling. Hey. Call, I don't know who it was. Or somebody oh, yeah. out. He goes, meet you can meet me in five minutes or something like that in yeah. the hallway. I was like, God I, damn, I, really? I bet, was, I bet it was number nineteen in white. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I bet it was it was either him or number seven in white. <laughs> Radford Budish. He's he's another guy that plays that way. He's just not as talented. But you can feel energy. You can feel the, you can oh, feel yeah. energy in these games. Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I get a sense. I watch it both on TV. I get a sense. You're there in person. It's mm-hmm. different. I'm sure, but good yeah. energy. Yeah, no, the the energy is very positive. Um, I, 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 I'll be curious what they're like when they come back from this road trip because they're going out uh, Western Canada uh, for a week and a half. You know, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, they're hitting Seattle as well. But um, I want to see what it's like when they come back. Like if they have a really nice road trip, see if like maybe people will be like, all right, you know, maybe you beat, you know, if you beat Edmonton, you beat Connor McDavid, like that's always a good thing. Maybe, you know, Darlene, you know, body slams Nazem Kadri in Calgary, and every you know, every everybody here still hates him. But, right. um, but like you know, you, you take care of business. You know, maybe win a couple of those games. You should beat Seattle. Probably should beat Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. That's those are tough. Those are tough games. But, um, but like the, everything's positive. Like the, you know, there are things you can nitpick right now. But like it's pointless. There's 80 games. There's 80 games to go sure, in the season. Yeah. I mean, it's You're not, not football really about anything right now. But, um, but they're playing hard. They're playing very hard. That that Florida game, if that was a game three years ago, they get melted like eight to two, and it's not. And like the Panthers laugh at them the whole the whole way through, and you know Kachuk just face washes everybody, and they're just kind of like knock it off, don't do that. Like that right. team doesn't do that now. The like, Sabers don't do that stuff now. They they back up the talk, they fight back, which I mean they don't have to literally fight. It's unnecessary, but. Darlene doesn't take any shit, man. Like that dude, that dude's got a nasty streak. He, he's, and he's borderline troll too. Cause he's, you know, was it the, the Ottawa game? He sprayed, sprayed Josh North, Josh North laying on the ice and Darlene just skates up and snows him, you know, sprays the ice right in his face. Like, okay, that's kind of a dick move, but <laughs> funny. I mean, it's, it's not dangerous. It's just kind of a, you know, shithead thing right. to do. But, uh, but like he stirs it up, man. And like guys come after him. I don't, I, I want to know what kind of crap he talks. I, I would love to find out what he, uh, it's a story that I would, that I would die to write to find out what people say to him on the ice and what he says to get these guys going. But they will, players will literally never tell me. <laughs> They'll be like, no, it's on the ice. It stays there because chances are some of it is probably pretty bad. But, uh, <laughs> but like if you're able to set a guy off just by like chirping him once, it, you got to be really good at it. <laughs> you got to be saying something that just like pushes every button that makes guys hate you. 
what I like about Darlene right now is, you know, I remember going back the last few years where you've been on this podcast regularly, just telling me, you know, he was really, really bad starts to the season. And then he would really pour it on. It's like, he ain't waiting around a few months for his game to kick in mm-hmm. right now. I mean, he, oh, he's like, 25 minutes a game through the first two games. He's got a goal in both games. He's, yeah. uh, he's been physical. Mm-hmm. He's been willing to drop the gloves. Yep. necessary i, mean, I just i he really needs to, he will i it'd be the first time i think if he did it but yeah he's just uh, he he looks like he really know. he's locked in man he looks like a he looks like a a franchise player and he looks like a leader and, yeah. and i really like it man what about professionally right now for you guys not just you but all the guys and, and the girls that, c- that cover the team it's mm-hmm. one thing you know we and we've talked about this on the show the last few weeks you've gotten back into the groove of being at the rink all the time and covering mm-hmm. practices and you know press conferences and stuff like that but now that's a different energy you know it's it's practice yeah. and, uh, after a game you know the the emotions are really high really low depending on how a game goes so it's been a while with 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 covid you know none of you guys have been in the locker mm-hmm. rooms and having the kind of access that you guys have now has it been pretty cool to be able to get back in that kind of groove professionally and just uh kind of getting back to at least when it comes yeah. to covering hockey normalcy. Yeah, it's it's been great. It's it's funny cuz it, it it kind of mirrors how like life's been with covid where, you know, when everybody was on lockdown for for months and then you just, you start making your way back out and you lost that social ability like that, you know, the the innate, you know, way of just kind of being normal in social situations. Getting back into locker rooms is kind of the same way cuz you lose that touch that you know that that kind of uh, ability to just kind of you know relax in in presence and just be you know be there to just kind of talk to guys and you know answer you know hit them up for interviews if you have to or whatever um it's been there's been some adjustments on all of our parts to just kind of like be like oh okay yep we're getting back into this let's do that so it's 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 funny on that part and the players have been very patient with us you know it's which is very cool uh the locker room's a lot nicer uh, player wise, like there's, I mean, I'm not going to point the finger at anybody who isn't in town anymore, but like some of those guys aren't here anymore. So, uh, you know, makes it a little easier to go. Yeah. <laughs> makes it a little easier yeah, to, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I won't neither confirm nor deny, but, um, but yeah, I mean like the guys are just a lot more relaxed There's a lot more, you know, some of the, you know, there's a lot of really cool guys in there really nice you know, affable guys. I mean, the kids are all great. I mean, Paterka is like a ray of sunshine. That kid's that kid's f- freaking awesome. Um, but like everybody's pretty locked in. They're pretty relaxed. Everybody's chill. I mean, Eric Comrie might be the nicest person I've ever met in hockey. Really? He's, he's he's like he's the kid next door. It's crazy. It, it's just a nice guy. Just he loves playing hockey. He loves you know. He'll stay out on practice ice for as long as he you know as long as they'll let him. It's cool. Like it's it, it's neat to have all that stuff and be able to just talk to guys again is is so good because it's necessary. It's 80, you know, 80 82 game season. You can't be living on Zoom. Like that's that's so hard to do it because you, there's it's impersonal. You know, you don't get to ask follow-up questions or, you know, get into a conversation with anybody. It's just everything was shut off. Um so you're getting back into that now is great. Yeah. You're not building relationships. Right. Like, yeah. Zoom and stuff like that. Like you're going like you're I mean again, it's the season's just starting, but you're going to get that opportunity, you know, to start to, to formulate and, and build these relationships uh, mm-hmm. with these guys. Look, I'm an admitted knee jerk reactor. I, I do it all the time, but even I'm not going to overreact too much to no. two games. They've been fun games. Both of them won. They won one. They lost. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but you know, a lot of people were a little skeptical about JJ Paterka starting the season in Buffalo. And I'll tell you what, 
dude, am I wrong? He looks really, really good. Yeah. Early on. I mean, he's made a couple really nice plays and yeah. uh, I'm excited about this kid. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, he provides an element they don't really have in the lineup because he's really fast. Uh, and he has a great touch on the puck in the offensive zone. Like, I mean, we saw it in the, the two, the, the, uh, the, the give and go he had with cousins against Ottawa. That's a, that's a high level play those guys made because they're bull rushing on a defenseman and, you know, bing bang, you know, and Paterka finishes it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful stuff. Cousins, cousins is another guy that's been just an absolute dynamo. He's been he's yeah. awesome in training camp. I mean, again, the number, like the, the off, you know, the, the goals and the assist may not totally be there, but Jesus, he's good. He's, he's so good. And, you know, the, I think we're going to see him on the wing maybe uh, next game or through this road trip, because I think they want to get that offense sparked a little bit. So play him with uh, some offensive starter guys. And, you know, uh, I, even though Don said not to take the lines for gospel today, he's tinkering with stuff, but it was something that we saw at the end of the game, like toward, later on in the game where it was him with Middlestat and Olofsson. And I'm like, He's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting there, but he's also going to be the guy that crashes the net and scores goals that way. So, uh, so I'm very interested to see what happens with him. But, but yeah, Paterka's great. Cousins has been awesome. Want to see Quinn get a little bit more free if he plays on if he plays with Gergensen and Opozo, People are going to be like, "What the hell are they doing?" That's that's fourth line. That's stupid. No, that line is necessary. They play like they they play more minutes than I think the kid line would. Mm-hmm. Kid, kid lines, kid line. Like you're not putting them out in big situations. Let me read, let Joe. Let me read the lines. Uh, I'm going from your Twitter right now. I'm looking at your Twitter, mm-hmm. and again, you're emphasizing. And we're taping this on Monday. This is dropping Tuesday. The Bills or the Bills, the Sabers are playing. Um, they're starting a road trip on Tuesday night here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I want to read these lines. So you got Thompson, who's was with Skinner and in, in Tuck. That's we saw a lot of that reunited, last year. United the front. So that's, that's that top line. Uh, didn't see much from Thompson and Skinner, although Skinner got robbed. And yeah. uh, he should he should have a goal anyway, year, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just a, that was a beauty. But anyway, again, two games in, let's not overreact. And I think Renato is kind of telling you guys to to report that fan, maybe fans shouldn't be overreacting. But anyway, yeah. Thompson was Skinner and Tuck. Um, he had Asplin, Olafson, and Middlestat. Mm-hmm. And he got Cousins, Hinnestroza, who who's out of line. At least he was at practice, I think, mm-hmm. with yep. Paterka. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about the Quinn with Gergeson and Ocposo. Mm-hmm. The interesting part, and by the way, Bjork was put on waivers yep. on Monday. Um, so that's for Sheehan to... Uh, Sheehan's going to get activated. He's going to uh, get he's, activated. He's, healthy, he's ready to go. Right. But Krebs, I, I guess what I'm getting at is, again, it's only a practice, only tinkering, like Renato said. Let's not read too much into it, but we're in game three, and it's looking like even if it's just for one day, Hayden Krebs looks like he might be that odd guy out right now. Yeah, I, I mean... When it comes to any of these young guys, and Krebs is definitely, and Krebs is in that, is in that group. Krebs, Paterka, Quinn, like these. I mean, these are guys getting like they're they're getting that first full blown NHL season. Mm-hmm. And there are, I mean, each of those guys has flaws that need to be worked on. Need to, you know, there's things that need to be improved, and they're going to do it at the NHL level. But they they've been wanting to get Hinnestroza in a game, and this affords them an opportunity to do it. And let's face it. Krebs's defense is a little bit lacking right now. It's not one of his strong points. He's an offensive spark plug. Like sure. he's, he's a great passer. He can set guys up. He was on the second power play, uh, second second power play unit. So it makes me wonder if maybe it's just you know maybe that's the reason why he said to not take any of the line stuff seriously. Um, 
but he uh but the defensive part of his game is still still needs some work so when you're playing against the Oilers who have McDavid and Dreisaitl and you're playing against Calgary who scores tons of goals maybe you want to have a guy like Henestros in there who's a little bit more responsible you don't lose too much with with bringing him in uh he can you know he's he's a perfect spark plug kind of guy but I think you're looking at maybe him opting to be a little bit tighter defensively lower in the lineup because you know home team gets last change you know those lines are going to see McDavid's the Drysdale's the you know the Cadres like the Huberdos like those lines are the ones that are going to see him and you know if you're throwing the kid line out there you might be playing you might barely play them you know those games keeping them all together because they're going to get run over by guys like that so that's that it it's tough but like i every move every everything that he did today with the lines made sense to me because i get what he's trying to do you know like you know Quinn with Gergensen and uh, Opozo that line will play a ton of minutes because they're the defensive matchup line but you put Quinn with those guys he can cash in on on offensive opportunities with them because they're because they will drive play they'll keep the puck a lot and he'll get he'll be able to f- work his way to get open and maybe create some goals so uh like I get I get all those moves and we always talk about duos like he always likes to keep two guys together uh like Skinner and Thompson loves to keep them together um Cousins and Paterka seems to be that the, the two he doesn't really want to break up so right. I, I fully get that like that makes a ton of sense and and Middlestat and Olsen too um but it's like again can't take the line seriously because you know the coach said not to that I, that's fine but it looks like each line after the top line has a lot more defensive responsibility as one person that's very defensively responsible on each of those lines and that makes a lot of sense and you brought up a good low-key point too that when you're on the road you don't get that benefit of, of getting the the last change mm-hmm. so that could play a role into it too again two two games in man not going to lose my mind over anything good or bad but one thing that has been frustrating and annoying about this team through just two games is that power play man i did yeah. over eight on the season and good god especially yeah. at times it has just looked unorganized chaotic can't get a thing going trying to yeah. skate through four people in the middle of the ice when it was obvious that ottawa game they were not going to give up the middle of the ice for entry on the power play and it was just yeah. uh man that was some ugly ass shit yeah it's the first like month of the season with special teams is always an adventure because because mm-hmm. you, know, you, you practice it all the time you practice you know you practice your pk you practice your power play all the time but it's it's the it's the Mike Tyson thing. I I abuse his line. It, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the mouth. You can design your power play how you want and how you know how you think it's going to work and do all this. You know how you want to do your you know your uh, your zone entries, all this stuff. You can plan for it. Be like, all right, we got this going. Then the other team lines up with three guys across the blue line and one four checker, and you're like, oh, we never practiced this. We don't we don't practice against this in you know, in practice, like this is not something that we see like that's because that's not the, that's not the, uh, the power, the, the penalty kill attack that the Sabres use because they're right. going to use their own style against their own play, you know, their own power play. Um, and it's tough because you don't, there's no tape, there's no tape. You don't know, you know, you don't know who the weaknesses are. You don't know where things are going to go and how things should, should happen. So it's, it's so much of the special team stuff is on the fly. So I, I take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, it sucks that there, that there's, it's been very lackluster, but I, I can't kill it. <laughs> can't right. kill it. Like, and Granado knows like it, it needs work and you know, it's fine. I get, you know, you want to see a goal. You want to see somebody pop one finally, but 
it's, it's kind of the way it's going to be for, for a little bit. One last thing, and then I'll let you go here, man. So going on a, a four-game road trip, mm-hmm. um, Sabres after dark, full effect. Mm-hmm. What's one or two things right now as a fan that, uh, that, that, that we should be looking for out of this team? Realistic. Like, of course, I'd like to see the Bills or the Sabres. I keep saying the Bills. I can't get the Bills out of my mind right now. I'm so impressed with how they played. Outside. You and everybody else in the city. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it, it, it would be fun for the Sabres to go 4-0, oh, of course, get eight points. But mm-hmm. likeliness is probably not going to happen. But what are a couple things that, like, you're a Sabres fan right now that really we should be locked in and we should be paying a l- maybe a little more attention to than some of the other stuff going on. I would really, uh, I, we've kind of talked about it already, Cousins and Paterka, watch those guys. Keep an eye on how they play and how they work together mm-hmm. uh, because I think they're, they're, there's, there's a little something that works there. Um, and, you know, again, stupid young. They're both ridiculously young. Cousins is the old man of that group, and he's like, what, 21? Yeah. <laughs> like, he's 21 years old. Is like, he's the, he's the old guy. Like, okay, man, whatever. But, um, but there's something there with those guys. I think that's good. I want to see, I think everybody's kind of watching Owen Power right now. I think Darlene's been so good. Nobody's really paying attention to Power, which for right now is probably okay uh, because Power's feeling his way through it. I want to see how Power handles you know, some of these road games and he's going to get some tougher matchups just, you know, just by, by how teams match up against them. I want to see how his play goes because it, it's kind of a feeling out process for him right now. And there's been a little bit of, it's uneasy because Yoki Haru is kind of a wanderer sometimes. And, you know, power wants, power wants to push the puck. He wants, you know, he wants to do all the stuff Darlene's doing. Uh, but Yoki Haru can sometimes, be a little flighty and forget forget that he's got defense and yeah so like there's there's some of that there um and uh watch samuelson when he come when it comes to defending against mcdavid and drysdale and those guys and the the top lines in calgary like i people wanted to outside of buffalo people were like why the hell is this guy getting a contract that he did those are the matchups you're gonna start to see why he gets he's he's getting paid that way it's because he's He's the defender. He's he's the uh, he's the bouncer for Darlene. You know, like he's he's the guy that's gonna take care of the defensive end. So Darlene can do a lot of the offensive stuff. Darlene hasn't been bad defensively. Let's let's not get that confused. Right. But Samuelson allows Darlene to do all the uh, the offensive stuff because he will take care of that. And when it comes to those guys, they're gonna need him to take care of them, or else it could get ugly. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. All right, man. Good stuff. And. By the way, a lot of people are going to probably ask me our starting five draft that we've been doing for a long time. We're calling it a mini hiatus or a pause. What I call it a pause. I don't know whatever you want to call it. I don't want to put no timeline up because we very well, very well may end up having one next week. The yeah. Bills are on a bye. The reason why we didn't have one today, and Joe and I talked about it before, and it's just because, again, with such a big game going on with Kansas City and the Sabres, this is their first regular season action since I had you on last week. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to take away from any of that talk, but that will be back soon for sure. We'll figure that out soon. But uh, anyway, make sure you subscribe to Noted Hockey, the Substack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Uh, of course, Maintenance Day Podcast. Joe and Lance that drops every Monday. I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't had a chance to for this week, but I saw something about your appreciation for rats. I'm yes. looking forward to it. <laughs> I'll drop, we'll just leave that little spoiler, that little teaser for people to go check that out. But uh good stuff as always, man. I don't want to spoil it either. I want people to find it out themselves. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Joe. Thanks, Pat.